Hello and welcome to another Moments with Norma. And as promised, I have my special guest here, Marie. And uh, welcome, Marie, to um, Moments with Norma. I know. I know Thanks that for last. Yeah, I know that last week um, you were supposed to come on, and then uh, you had your little. Um, emergencies as we all do and wasn't able to uh, come on last week but as you kept your word this week you're here so welcome uh, my uh, listeners to another moments with Norma and um, one of the reasons why I really wanted uh, Marie uh, to come on as a guest and I think when I called Marie and I said can you come and be a guest on my uh, podcast and she was like why who you know and for me I think it's important because it's his black history month and um, our forefathers and all the wonderful black inventors um, they have actually done their bit uh, for us and obviously um, we're now here on this new journey and whatever we're doing here whether we're young whether we're old we are making history and new history has been made uh, with lots of um, our black uh, creators whether they're creating uh, something physical for you to use or whether they're helping on the journey uh, for opening doors uh, for um, black uh, individuals in this very um, challenging um, world that we live in and I was actually talking to Marie before um, we sort of first set up to do the podcast and this morning uh, someone actually it's been going around on social media all day because I saw it on one of my social media and then another friend sent it to me and another friend so something has been going around on social media and there was this white uh, gentleman having a live uh, debate and showing the reason why the Western world does not want to let Africa go. And they said they will fight and, and, and fight to keep Africa and for Africa not to grow, not to expand because it's important for everything that they do here in the Western world. And so um, understanding um, the uh, journey of us uh, black people, uh, there's still uh, some of us who are really in that background, working very hard, chipping away at the establishments, uh, whether we know it or not. And it could be just a simple uh, person that we pass every day on the street. They're maybe one of our friends and they're doing some great challenging things uh, to help to open the doors uh, for us within this Western uh, atmosphere. Um, Africa is a big continent and we know that it's going to take years and years and years and maybe, I don't know, a whole lifetime before um, they uh, come into their own realization that they can't keep selling out um, uh, their black brothers and sisters in this way. Um, so that is one of the reasons why, yes, I wanted to bring Marie on because she's a young lady um, who's really uh, gone from, you know, um, leaving university, leaving school, and uh, has made great stride in a very, very powerful career. And so, Marie, welcome to Moments with Norma again. And um, just to, you know, introduce yourself and just say a little bit about who you are. Uh, in this 
process we will not be mentioning anything where Marie works so we will talking around that but uh, welcome Marie and if you just want to tell my listeners about your job and and and, and what you actually do in your in your work okay hi everybody um thanks for having me Norma mm-hmm. um so I suppose where do I start um I have worked for the company that I'm working for for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started there um, at the age of 16 mm-hmm. um, as a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, I don't count the first 10 years is what mm-hmm. I tell everybody. Mm-hmm. So those 10 years, going to college, going mm-hmm. to sixth form, going to university, mm-hmm. living my best life, living mm-hmm. at home, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, and then I suppose when I finished uni, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Which I remember, Marie, very much. You had planned to be a forensic, was it a yeah. forensic scientist? Yeah, so I did Yeah. I, I did criminology ah, that's as, the one. as a degree. Yeah, as a degree, yes. And um, I didn't really think about the outcome of that. So I didn't really <laughs> think about what the job would be that I was going to do at the end. Um, I found it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Did a really good job at it. Um, did got a really good grades, mm-hmm. um, but then when it came to the Actual, end of it, yeah. I was a bit like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to go and work for the police. Yeah. And I'm going to go and work for the prisons. Yeah. And um, so I basically was commissioned to do some research for uh-huh. a London prison. Right. Um, and I ended up working there mm-hmm. for six months mm-hmm. to do this research. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It was just an eye opener. <laughs> that was like a deciding point where and you backed out. <laughs> I backed out quick. <laughs> I was like, "This is not for me." Yeah. Um, I don't think this is where I want to go. Um. So I quickly started to kind of reevaluate what I was going to do. Right. Right. So while I was working my part time job, the person that was heading up this job that I was in basically said to me well Marie what are you going to do mm-hmm. with yourself like you're so bright mm-hmm. you know you're so involved and mm-hmm. um, what, what do you want to do with your life I said to be quite honest with you I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. what I do know mm-hmm. is I want to be successful what mm-hmm. I do know mm-hmm. is I want that that there's a life that I want for myself right, but I'm right. just not sure how I'm going to get there get it. yeah exactly so um what that meant was they said to me oh well why don't you just go and you know go and go for one of our manager courses and see how you get on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I spoke to my mum about it and she was like well do you know what get a year's management experience mm-hmm. on your CV can't mm-hmm. do you any harm can't, you're here no. anyway yeah so you know it's a it's a big corporation but mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't you take the opportunity go for the interview and see mm-hmm. how you get on mm-hmm. so I go for this interview and basically it comes out that I'm accelerated so I'm I'm not on a like years program sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be longer Mm -hmm. I basically ended up being a manager within 12 weeks wow within 14 weeks I had my first apartment wow that is that is amazing so yeah it was a pretty big accomplishment at the time oh yeah happened pretty quick definitely Um, and then the journey started there right right um how did it snowball into an additional 15 years, 16 years. Time just goes. It goes really, really quick. Yeah. And I suppose working in the industry in which I work, which is very fast paced, Mm -hmm. which is very intense, Mm -hmm. and time does go really fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on that journey, so much has happened. I can believe you. (laughs) So much has happened Uh on that journey. Uh But I think that, um, and it hasn't been easy, Mm -hmm. but what I would say is that 
the reason why I've ended up here mm-hmm. is because of something that my grandma used to say to me. Okay, okay. So when I first became manager, right, I used to come up against a lot of. Um, it's quite white, male-dominated. I can imagine. Very strong, egotistical, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite traditional in their approach. Right. Um, quite traditional in their in their approach, and I found it quite. It was. I always felt like they weren't kind of. They wanted me to do all the work, but I wasn't really getting the uh, the recognition. The recognition for it because they they would take the recognition. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And other teams yeah. like around yeah. me would get the recognition, yeah. and I was never that girl that they it, there was always a girl in the midst that had the, that was the eye candy that yeah. you know look that traditional look you know yeah. the blonde hair the I skinny imagine. figure I and look imagine. I looked pretty hot then I was like at my slimmest right. running around doing my 20,000 <laughs> steps by like 11 a.m yeah. but, but you were a black woman I was a black woman yeah and it's not something that I've ever really thought about yeah because I've never let it stop me doing anything that I'm doing yeah, yeah. but um it was definitely a thing yeah yeah. So anyway, whenever I came up against challenge, many times I wanted to leave, and I always used to cry. I can imagine all the time. Yeah, always yeah. crying, and yeah. I was really, I really, really close yeah. to my grandma. Yeah. So yeah. I'd call her, Grandma. I hate it. I'm gonna leave. I've right. been to uni. What am I doing here? Yeah. Like, what's? It's not worth the money. Yeah. People are getting paid more than me. Blah blah blah. And she yeah. always used to say to me, Marie. Yes. Yes. If you're gonna leave, yes. You can't leave when things are bad. You have to leave when they're good. So she says to me, if yes. you're gonna if you wanna leave, yes. you have to do you have to make that department the best department. Right. So that when you leave, they are so gutted that you're gone. Right. It's almost like you're leaving a dent in them. Of so course. you've got to leave when you're on a high. Of don't course. leave when you're on a low because you don't want to have anybody to have anything bad to say Great about you. Great advice. Great advice. The be- listen, I've Great. read loads of leadership books. I've been on a load of podcasts. That's the best. My grandma was the best, the best, the best leadership coach I've ever known. That's the best. That's so she best. told me that. So that has always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, mm-hmm. every time I've come up in a sticking point in my career, you just remember that something kicks in. Mm-hmm. Something kicks in about me proving mm-hmm. that I am better than you think I am, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make you want me so bad mm-hmm. that I'm not going to want you anymore. Right. And and so then I leave. And every time I've got to that point, I've not right. had to leave test. I've not had to leave. I've not had to leave where I am. Right. I've not. I've I've kind of been moved. Right. To, promoted to somewhere else. To somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I suppose that's been my driving force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it it's been. But then when you're told no, so I have this natural thing that when I'm told mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a gear kicks in that says, right, how are you going to make this a yes then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that because one of the things that I know that I've always done and it's something that always stays with me, I always, you know, you're at the top, you're at the pinnacle of your career, you're at the top and then I leave when I'm at the top. Never leave, you know, when you're struggling. Never leave, you know, I always say, always leave when you're at the top. 100%. And then uh, people will always remember you uh, rather than leaving. It's about legacy. Yeah. It's about legacy. It's about, you know, you don't want people to be able to say, oh, she left and she left it like a pit and it was terrible and she's awful. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's about me leaving, walking away and them going, oh, my God, do you know what? Marie was so good. Yeah. And they'll always remember the last thing. It's like when the Olympics was on in 2012 here in London and Usain Bolt 
came and did that last run. He should never have done that last run. And what did he do? He fell didn't he and what do we all remember yes he was this great but at the end he fell because you're only as good as your life he should never he should and and that is just a prime example never ever you always leave when you're at the top of your game absolutely and he was at the top of his game and he came back and he thought that he could do it and he knew that he couldn't do it but i think all the time you know like for people like himself you have all these other people who want to make as much money off him use him as this you know uh, uh, whatever this resource this whatever to make as much for them and they didn't care they weren't taking care of his well-being and for him he was just seen I suppose more ka-ching in his bank uh, balance and so yes it is that's a re I mean your grandmother that that's just really um good um, and she did used to tell me, Marie, yeah. you can't keep crying. So, so I, I've just you have to stop crying. I, I had to stop crying. She was like, you can't keep crying like this. Like you've got to stop crying, Marie. If you want to be, she used to say it to me. She used to say, Marie, if you want to be a big boss, you just this cry crying. It's got to stop. You because you're going to give yourself a nervous breakdown. Yeah, you can't take things personally. Yes. you've got to toughen up. Yes. And I suppose that's where the yes. corporate Marie came in. Yes. yes. So, so that has put me in good stead. Definitely. Because now. I, you know, I don't cry easily, right. but there is nothing right. wrong with crying, by the way. Right. You know, I would always say I might be the first to cry, right. but I'll always be the last to stand. Right. Always. Okay. So, you know, I might be a bit soft, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has been a challenging journey. And I think um, for a lot of listeners who are listening, they also may have been in a certain situation because when you're in a situation where you are the uh, minority, Mm. um, there's always going to be that struggle there, isn't it? And when you're also, whether you're a black man or you're a black woman, uh, being in a minority in any of these massive industry, uh, you've got to work a million times harder. You've got to prove yourself a million times more than anybody else. And there's always going to be that um, politics that goes on, isn't there, within those kind of industry. And I mean, for me, I know I went through a lot of that in the early years um, of the um, of the 70s um, when racism was at, at its best and there was no policy uh, about uh, discrimination, racial discrimination. Mm. So um, our white colleagues could do whatever they like, our white managers could do whatever they like, and there was no, um, you know, recourse, no, no getting out of it. There was, there was just nothing. Mm. So I do understand that fully well. And the fact as well, when you are the only um, black individual working amongst these very high-profile white uh, um, persons, and um, you know, there's nobody who really has your back. Mm. And and it's a it's an environment that you really can't trust anyone, mm. and if you do trust anyone, um, you may find that um, you'll get stabbed in the back. I mean, this is one of the things that I know for me when I was working in those industry. Um, no matter how much you got close to um, these uh, white persons. Um, and you tell them your life uh, as women, you know, we like to talk about our love life, talk about our last night and talk about this and talk about that and what we're going to do. And we go for a drink after work and we really think, don't we, 
that we're in with these people and these very same people that we think that is uh, um, our our friends and they're not like that you know some of them will even say to you oh well i have a black boyfriend you, you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and because we think oh she has a black boyfriend and stuff so you're really safe you're never really safe in those environments you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and that's one of the things that i know that I've experienced um, through um, working uh, in a lot of these establishments. And so it must be also a very lonely place uh, for you within that environment. Um, Do you find it lonely I think sometimes? at the level that I'm at now, yeah. so I would say I'm at the highest point of my career so far mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. It's been a very lonely, lonely time. Yeah. I've never been more conscious of who I am, right. how different I am. Mm -hmm. But I really want to make a point here that me being different, me being black, me being female, mm -hmm. has has never really played a massive part in me in my career. Mm -hmm. I've never it's never been my focus, mm -hmm. um, because I've always thought to myself, it's just hard. I just need mm -hmm. to get on. So because I don't focus on those things. So. Mm -hmm. There will be white people around me that are probably getting more um getting on better than me quicker than me because mm -hmm. they are who they are and i who mm -hmm. am who mm -hmm. i am but i've always had to find another way but i've never focused on it because i'm black and you're mm -hmm. white i've just thought to myself well do you know what i just need to make the opportunity for myself mm -hmm. as i've moved up in the business mm -hmm. as i say i've I'm, i've never been more conscious of who i am mm -hmm. and that is because um the expectations of you as you move up in mm -hmm. seniority, mm -hmm. I suppose, mm -hmm. is they have a certain perception mm -hmm. of how you should be, mm -hmm. how you should behave, right. how you should speak, right. how you should carry yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily fit that bill mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the um, conventional sense. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm not articulate. It's not that I'm not bright. It's not that right. I'm not... Um, you know, yes. all of those great things that help right. you get on in your career. Right. It's just that I don't do it like they do. Like they do. Yeah. So I do feel like I work around people that are very alike. Mm -hmm. I feel like they all mm -hmm. come from similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. They all live in similar places. Mm -hmm. They have similar friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, but, what, but now I think what's really um, become apparent is I can't be anybody but myself. Mm -hmm. And when I'm at my best, mm -hmm. it's when I am comfortable with who I am. Right. And so I've, especially this past year, I've had to find ways of getting people to understand that mm -hmm. I'm getting the same results mm -hmm. as her over there. Mm -hmm. It's just that she approaches it in a very different, different way to way. me. Right. And I'm never going to be that way mm -hmm. because I wasn't brought up that way. Mm -hmm. I don't come from that background. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, you know, there, you know, a lot of the mm -hmm. people I work around are quite soft, mm -hmm. quite, you know, that kind of timidy. I know the type. Yeah. That they've got this. They're softly spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's me, like likes a bit of banter. Yeah. You know, I'm quite lively. <laughs> um, you know, the complete opposite. I'm black. I've got a very. Um, what did the brand lady tell me? The brand lady that came in told me that I've got a very strong brand okay and then she described the white lady over there as her brand being very sweet oh, okay and very you know and um, kind 
Okay. So what, what does that mean then? So you just <laughs> described me as like having a very strong brand and, and made me feel like I'm this kind of hard... They have ways. They have their ways. And it's the words, isn't it? It is the words. And it, and yeah, it makes you quite... Con- it's made me quite conscious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But And it is a battle. It's not easy. Yeah. I, I think we've... Um, uh, I, I'm not... I, well, I don't know. Because I feel that um, with our white... Uh, 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 persons uh they know how to rattle your emotions they know how to get to you in a in a very funny way you know by even depicting that she's a a, a nice sweet brand and you are you know strong a strong brand and 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 really um what they're trying to say by not um, saying the right word is because they see most of us black people because we're outgoing, we're outspoken, you know, we're jolly, we're, you know, they see us as a threat. Um, They see us as being aggressive. And it's not that we're being aggressive, but they talk, they they make it sound as if we're aggressive. Well, I've I've frequently made, um, yeah, um, what's the word, corrections? Yeah. Because I have been called aggressive. Ah, so there you go. So she, so I've called, she's used it brand. Yeah. So she didn't use it on me. Other people have. Oh, that was a bit aggressive. So see, she's found a way. So my response has been, actually, that was assertive. Assertive. I was being assertive. I'm not being aggressive. it's not aggressive. I'm I'm just being Being really clear and really firm and assertive. Absolutely. But, but it's very hard when you're surrounded by people that are of the same yes. behaviors yes the minute you kind of throw in any kind of challenge yeah any kind of opposing Anything. thoughts Anything. you are seen to be intimidating yes. or overbearing absolutely or, you know and, it, and it's all those negative connotations absolutely. it's really hard especially it's, in a corporate environment it is i can just imagine but but then i say you know it all and that and that's as i've moved up because when I first started, yes, there was all that kind of, oh, people might get on before me because, you know, mm-hmm. they're different or whatever. But we had something that was very common, mm-hmm. which was we were all kind of working class mm-hmm. and we all affiliated because of that. Yeah. Whereas now in the world in which I work, yeah. we're, I'm moving out of that. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not with those people anymore. Right. I'm with people that are more in that middle, upper class kind right. of vibes. Right. And so I constantly feel like I don't belong. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because they speak because they, they speak softly and they, and they speak really well and I feel like a commoner and I feel like you know they must think I know nothing because I sound like this yeah, so here here comes a new challenge here, here comes, comes a new challenge here comes a new challenge and the job that you actually do in corporate is training isn't it so it's learning and development yes it's all mm-hmm. about capability creating learning um yeah a learning experience for mm-hmm. a very large number of people mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that's what I do and those very large number of people um, within the learning environment a, a large percentage of them are black people aren't they oh yeah or people of color yes. people um, yeah. from diverse ethnic yes. um, area yes and so it's it's it has to be a big challenge for you because when you're actually creating training programs um, you have to keep that in mind as well don't you that the, the the majority of the people that you are writing these training programs for and everything they come from 
a ethnic and a diverse ethnic uh, background. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. So because it's such a big company. Yeah. And we serve so many different types of people. Absolutely. When we create learning solutions, we have to be quite generic mm-hmm. because we don't we can't weigh in more on one side and than the we other do side for the other. Right. So what I would say is that our um our goal is always to make learning or create learning that is inclusive mm-hmm. of as many different people mm-hmm. as we can mm-hmm. so that when I engage with it mm-hmm. it feels relevant to me or mm-hmm. I feel like that I've been considered mm-hmm. when this has been created but you're never mm-hmm. going to be able to tick every box, every box. for everyone because right. just as much as me being black is important yeah me English not being my first language is also very important right. I have dyslexia is just as important right. I have I'm blind is just as important so actually right. when we're talking about that right. piece of learning in, it has to be inclusive and accessible right. for everybody right, right. as many people as we can right. possibly make and it which is ha- not easy that has to be a big uh, challenge for you as a young uh, black female uh, within that environment yeah but I think that is that is some big challenge isn't it it's a massive challenge but I think it's I, I'm very conscious that I can't just look through the, my own lens mm-hmm. so it would be it's very easy for mm-hmm. me to think okay well this is just about being black mm-hmm. that's the only part of being inclusive mm-hmm. like I've just said to you there are like a load of mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. that actually could feel just as excluded mm-hmm. and feel like they can't get on in their careers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. feel like they are held down because they don't have the sight mm-hmm. that they need to or they don't speak mm-hmm. a language English in the way that we speak mm-hmm. they have the same kinds of challenges mm-hmm. so I think that yeah it, it is it's important mm-hmm. to have that view but that's why it's important to have people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. different origins mm-hmm. to be in positions like this right because if you, if I was a white female mm-hmm. that has never experienced mm-hmm. any kind of adversity mm-hmm. in getting on or understanding because mm-hmm. I've got to say the reason why I feel so passionate about the job that I do is because I know how hard I find it to learn okay okay so and I've always so just to give an example so I was told at school that I wasn't the university type oh there you go which... And, and, and and for me, this is what some of the things why I thought you would have been, you know, sort of a very inspiring for some of our listeners who may be listening right now. They may be young or maybe whatever age they may be. And they've been told this and this has stopped them from rising uh, to mm-hmm. uh live their dreams because from the time we're at school yeah um this is where it starts we've been hammered down norma i'm talking i'm we're not, to you now i'm yeah, sat here we're, we're hammered down i remember the day mm-hmm. i remember the day i remember where i was mm-hmm. i remember the teacher i remember mm-hmm. his name mm-hmm. and i remember him saying it to me right and that has never left me because when yeah. you say to me yeah. marie why you know why do you feel why are you doubting yourself right. when you stem it back when you look back mm-hmm. it starts from that point where somebody told me yeah. i wasn't good enough yeah. yeah and so i've spent my whole career yeah. proving to people i am good enough right. so he said you're not the university type right i then found another way right. and got to university there you go got to university did criminology mm-hmm. smashed it struggled the first year because obviously it's in my head that I don't think I'm meant to be here right right um found it really hard but then I found my feet and Mm -hmm. understood what was expected of me Mm -hmm. and thought hang on a minute Mm-hmm. If I'm not the university type, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. am I smashing? The, like, how am I getting the grades I'm getting? Mm-hmm. And what I suppose I realised at that point is that people learn in different ways. They do. 
so we have we in we're in a system mm-hmm. where we have a curriculum mm-hmm. and it says this is the curriculum is that the, needs to be yeah and you follow it yeah. and you follow it mm. and if you don't fit into, into that curriculum that's how we have people that you know you've had getting it. excluded you've had, you don't, it. you've had it Absolutely. it's all over you've had it you've had it and 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 i see that every week because um now that i do um, my teaching beauty and uh, every um, September we have a new set of students and you can guarantee all the students that come in, um, even this particular semester, we've had students who've, who've been at, um, at university and somehow they didn't um, fit in for some unknown reason. But you can see, and I, I, I try not to ask too many questions, but you're reading behind mm. the whole thing. And some of if it is because they didn't feel as if they're fitting, low self-esteem, somebody said something to them, which is putting them off. And uh, even, um, you know, other um, uh, students who have dyslexic find it very difficult to learn. But when it comes to their practicals, they're really good. And, um, you know, I literally get the hard students um to do one-on-one teaching with and to walk them through it mm. not just um the practicals they're fine uh, but you know the written work and the dyslexic and all the stuff that they have you know walking them through that and i'm not the best um you know when it comes to written form or whatever whatever um but um it is a struggle and um when you get put off at school in those big curriculum environment um you take it with you somehow don't you it's t- it's with me today you take it you with take you. it with you and when i did yeah. my when i did my degree um and i said and i met some really fantastic people yes. in that time and they helped me to understand so i'll never forget i'll just give you a quick example okay because this is about how people learn differently yes. so i remember we had to do a module on employment law right, right? and for all the other modules that I did, they were much more like interesting and a bit mm-hmm. more abstract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could build mm-hmm. up your own arguments mm-hmm. and look at books and stuff. Whereas with employment law, mm-hmm. it is what it is, it right? Is what it is, yeah. And you've got to be very clear about what right. the laws are, etc. Mm-hmm. And I really, really struggled. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a lecture and my friend Nikki was there and I was in this lecture and this man's talking and I'm thinking, I ain't got a clue. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's talking about. He's lost you. I'm gone. I don't know what yeah. he's talking about. What am I doing here? See, I shouldn't be here. I'm not yeah. the university type. Yeah. Got really upset. Right. Went to the student union after the class. I was like, Nikki, I don't get it. I don't understand this module. She was like, right, okay. Let me right. explain it to you <laughs> about shopping. Well, this is it. Right? So she basically flipped the lecture and described it using an analogy of course of shopping of course when she did that you i was like it. i was like is that it you got and she it. was like yeah you got it in one i was like oh so why don't they just say that yeah. like, i was like it was so confusing so yeah. once she did that and yeah. i understood it yeah. can you believe that i got a better grade than she did yeah because once i understood it you were off. i was all over yeah it's all over yeah, yeah. so oh. that shows you that yeah. is the way in which people impart the information on you and then how you process how you it process and understand it, it. Yes, yes so it's important that other people yes. recognize that yes. which is why i feel so passionate about yeah. the job that i do because the training yeah, yeah, yeah. it's important I, and i understand that very clearly too because when i um, have a client and they first come to see me and we have our first hour consultation 
I don't get into this very, um, you know, sort of uh, language, speaking the medical language that they just don't understand. And the way that I break down skincare and using analogy, I always use a car. <laughs> okay. How to maintain the car. The car needs petrol yeah. and oil. Yeah. And, you know, um, I might have the same car that's made from the same um, sheet of uh, 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 metal that yours, but just right at the corner, mine had a little bit of tear in it, which was unnoticeable. So you're there driving your car and I'm there stopping off at every garage, you know, and I use those analogy. I use the plumbing system. Uh, what for, people get is everyday life. It is, and people just get it. And I've been doing this for years, and I think one of those reasons why I do also maintain a good uh, amount of clientele and get such good results, because when you explain it to them in that way and they get it, they're not rushing all over the place, trying this, doing that, doing that, and, and they just understand the whole process from inside out. And... Even now with my students, when I need to break it down to them, you know, uh, they have to learn about the blood system and the lymphatic system and the this and the that. I use the same analogy to Absolutely. teach them. And by the time you break that down to them, as you say, they're like, oh, and, and all right. The, and the other thing I've got to say, yeah, all of this, like for anybody out there that's at uni, at college mm -hmm. and the, the famous line, I'm not academic, mm -hmm. that's the line I use all the time, I'm yeah. not a very academic. <laughs> what I would say is, it's all a skill. It is. It's yeah. a skill. Yeah. Writing essays, um, all that good stuff, yes. dissertations, it's a skill. And yeah. I'll tell you why I know it's a skill. Right. Because I did my degree, mm -hmm. and then I had a 10-year gap. Mm -hmm. Continued working, mm -hmm. moved up in my career, mm -hmm. and always wanted to do a master's. Wow. And I knew that in the field in which I work, um, it would help to kind of springboard my career if I did a master's. Yeah, yeah, that would give you leverage. Absolutely. You get more leverage. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision that I would go and do this master's. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> I felt completely out of my depth. God, yeah. And the reason why I'm talking about the skill, mm -hmm. right, is because... I made friends with a group of ladies mm -hmm. who were like part-timers as well because I was working full-time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. studying part-time. Part yeah. But these girls, and I say girls, they were like, they'd come fresh mm -hmm. from doing their undergrad. Mm -hmm. So they had moved straight from doing essays for their undergrad straight into, into masters. masters. Right. right. Me, right. I've not done anything you academic. Had that big gap. A massive, yeah. massive, gap. massive gap. And also, I work in an environment where you have to say things in the least amount of words mm. so when you're asking me for a three thousand word essay i yeah. can tell you in like five words <laughs> what you need to know because that's in the corporate world i have to be really concise right so yeah i've learned that skill right yeah so yeah. now you frame me into uni and you want me to give me three thousand words i can write in a paragraph and tell you what the answer is like, <laughs> to write like three thousand words so but these these girls they were able to go back and look at different essays and pull out things. And I couldn't remember, like, it's always like I'd forgotten. Yeah. I'd forgotten that skill. Mm -hmm. So I, I struggled for the first year mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. doing it. But then once I realised, actually, mm -hmm. this is very specific. Like, mm -hmm. there's a specific way of 
looking for information, pulling it out, extending mm-hmm. it out, making it, beefing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is just about mm-hmm. being skillful in mm-hmm. it. You don't necessarily have to be smart. Does, yeah, because right, these right. girls, you could talk to them and they wouldn't necessarily know all the detail about what they've written. Right, right. But they did absolutely know how right. to pull an essay together and, right, and get right. those 3,000 words right. out of it. So right. by the end, I was able to do was that. able to do that, yeah. 100%, but, mm-hmm. you Fabulous. know. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. So, um, you know, for me, as I said, um, I knew that uh, I needed you on to inspire a lot of people. And as we are going through our Black History Month, um, we are building history. And maybe in 50 years, 100 years, you know, somebody will remember um, what we read it. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> right, we, 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 are, we are writing history. And... Um, it's very important for us as black people uh, to um, honor ourselves, to also help to inspire other people. And I think one of the things is with a lot of us, we probably don't talk about too much about what we do. We don't um, allow people to know too much about the world that we actually um, uh, um, work in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very important for young uh, black people, uh, uh, young black persons that are coming up behind us, that they need to know that it can be done. 100% it can be done. You know? But not always in the way you want it to. It doesn't because you started out with one dream, but this is what I like about life. You start off with a dream and that dream carry you to the river mm-hmm. and then when you get to the river it's like saying well I'm not gonna let you cross over yeah. you know this this is not the right river we're not at the right river yeah. and somehow your dreams because I know for me I must have had millions of dreams you know what I'm saying yeah. and um, all the dreams I've had I have not really um, fulfilled the dreams that I've had, but it's taken me on another... Well, of course, because you're constantly having to rewrite. I feel, <laughs> I feel like... I think that's the other thing where people go wrong. Right. Like, they... So, I always say this to people that I meet from work. So, they're like, they see me now. They see me today. They see me, you know, doing the job I do, living the life that I do, you know. And I'm like, hang on a minute, people. I wasn't always here. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to do a million jobs that I hate. Yes. I've had to work the longest hours. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've cried so many tears. Mm-hmm. And it's probably only in the last, mm-hmm. I'd say, five years mm-hmm. that I've really started to be quite strategic mm-hmm. about the moves that I make. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, mm-hmm. I was just grateful to get on. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know. Like, I, I, Again, like with my grandma, mm-hmm. I always talk about her, but mm-hmm. I remember saying to her, like, there was a particular role that I was, I had a dream. I desperately wanted to wanted be to this job. job. Yeah. yeah. And, and everything I was doing was, was about that was job. About that job. Even though every job that I did wasn't that, wasn't job, that job. But it was like, I, I know there, the there was a spin about how that would help yeah. you to get to yeah. that job, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one. I'm trying to work my way to, to navigate myself to this job. Yeah. And I'll never forget my grandma saying to me, Marie, you see that job? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, said, I know. She said, "You see that job? Yeah. You're gonna surpass that job. Yeah. And you're not gonna want that job. Right. And they're gonna come to you, and, and they're gonna offer, you, offer the you that job, and you're this, not gonna want that job no, because you're gonna listen. Yeah. So said. So done. So done. Yeah. I surpassed that job, and they were offering me that job, and I was like, well, I don't want that job now. Yeah. Like I've moved on. Yeah. Like I've 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 moved on to bigger and better things. Yes. Yeah. So I think that. But 
as I say, I've done them. A lot of people don't want to do the hard the work. The hard work. They yeah. don't want to pay the due. They don't want to graft. No, they yeah. don't want to. I've grafted graft. from day yeah. one. Yeah. I've always been on it. I've always been focused. What I did yeah. know, yeah. I didn't know what job I wanted necessarily. Yes. What I did know was I wanted to be successful. Yes. I wanted to be independent. Yes. I like nice things. Yes. I wanted to be able to do that for myself. Right. And therefore, whatever it was going to take to get to, to get there. Listen, yeah. just as well as we work in the corporate world, don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I was out there doing car boot sales mm-hmm. with my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because I wanted a car stereo face off back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show my age now. Mm-hmm. I wanted a face off stereo. We mm-hmm. were you know in north london mm-hmm. selling, selling our old clothes in a car boot sale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were doing i would do anything mm-hmm. to always do my little hustle creative creative yeah. resourceful because mm-hmm. i have that mind mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i do think that people need to uh, it's, it is very mm-hmm. good to be ambitious mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you have to be realistic mm-hmm. and you have to know that sometimes you have to maybe mm-hmm. take a step back or a step to the side mm-hmm. to to get to that bigger mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. now where i am today I'm being really honest. Mm-hmm. I've always dreamed about being here, mm-hmm. but Norm didn't know how you was going to get there. Genuinely, if I'm honest, yeah. I didn't think I would. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I would. Yeah. I knew I would continue to drive and push, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here, mm-hmm. and people are asking me. Mm-hmm. So hang on a minute, the next level. Mm-hmm. So what's your plans for that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. next level? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was going to get here. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, hang on a second, Marie. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You need to be really clear. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you, you you could move to the next level, mm-hmm. which is quite you know significant, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I, I don't see myself as that person. So mm-hmm. I, I'm starting back from where I started mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. doubting myself. Mm-hmm. I think the great lessons that we can learn uh, from from this, and from your life, or even from my life, to inspire others, is never give up. Never. And even though the dream doesn't look like the dream that's in your head, that you plan the outcome, mm-hmm. um, you know, the universe as a way of giving you something even better. 100%. And bigger. Always. Than you imagine. 100% always. And so when people say, dream big, it is very important to dream big. Don't dream small. 100%. Uh, it's to dream big. But some people feel like, oh, dreaming big you know um that there are some negative people and you hear the negativity in your head from somebody else if you share your dream with them they may pour some cold water over it and then you start doubting yourself and you know you start becoming very but it's focus it, yeah. all it's doing is giving you some focus so yeah. why can't you want yeah. to have the rolls royce yeah why can't you want to have the rolls royce okay you might be driving the or the Ford. mansion yeah, yeah. Or, the mansion. or the mansion or whatever it is you want that's big <laughs> like whatever it is you want You've yeah. got to start somewhere. Listen, I remember, you know, I remember when I got my first car. Right. Um, I was, I was, I absolutely loved my car. My mum got my wicked little Peugeot. I absolutely loved it. The alloys were bigger than the car. <laughs> like, ridiculous. Um, and then when I upgraded, when I mm-hmm. went to university, I got a brand new car. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember, I was just happy that I had power steering because mm-hmm. that was like a big deal. Right. And I had electric windows. I'd like, I felt like I'd made it. <laughs> like, I felt like I'd made it in life. And of course, that's a special car. It was a massive, yeah, it was a massive deal. A massive my first yeah. brand new car. Yeah. But I remember saying to my mum, I was like, oh, Oh, mum was that the little mini you had no that was oh, that was the next that was, oh, that was, I, I, I was moving up in the world by the time the mini god i thought i'd really made it by that point so far before that and um, so i was like oh mum but i haven't got a bleep bleep 
So what I meant by bleep bleep was like the electric um a door. doors. Yeah, to, you like to walk away from the door and go bleep bleep. bleep, bleep. Yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't have a bleep bleep. So she was like, "Don't you worry, love. You're, you're, you're getting bleep. You're getting bleep soon. Exactly. So you know, and, yeah, and, and as, so as you progress, so yeah, it's just about making those steps yeah, close right. to where you want to yeah, get it to. Really, it really is. Um, life comes with its challenge, and um, I have this saying that when you're um, trying to get to the other side of the mountain yeah you either got to climb up and get over it and if you can't do that you go through it and if you can't go through it you tunnel under it yeah. and if you can't tunnel under it you try to go around it yeah but to the other side of the mountain we 100%. must get 100%. and this is what it's all about I think um, because we have um, so many obstacles in life, so many different challenges, they're emotional, uh, um, it's in the workplace, um, you know, all these things, it's it's like somebody, we're down here and somebody is up there with rocks and they throw in all these rocks down at us yeah. and we're trying to dodge these rocks. Yeah. But that is life challenge. And for me, um, now that I'm in this time of my life, and I've made it through many challenges. And when you look back and you think, well, oh, my God, how did I get through that? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. And it is important for us as we um, reach those level uh, where we can look back and know that we've achieved something. We've left a legacy. Mm -hmm. We've done something um, that is going to help somebody else. We've made some footprints. It is very important that we use um, all of these experiences experience that we've had to inspire the others behind us because that's what it's all about I'm a true belief of that. yeah we need to to do that so that's really why I thought that your story um is going to be very um much um part of this black history month that we're all going through right now remembering our ancestors and where we've come from and we're still on that journey we're still fighting we're still we uh, in that struggle and uh, we will continue uh, to be in that struggle um for a long time um but there is hope of course there is and that's really what the big message is about don't matter what it is no matter what your how the circumstances are no matter what side of the fence you were born on no matter which parents you were born into no matter what you've always got to we think can make it absolutely look at the end of the day you've got to think to yourself the world might be telling you no but you've got to try and make your yes. Yes, you've got to create and create your own yes. Create as your well, own yeses by whatever means necessary, and by dreaming it, visualizing it, seeing it, and that's really the most important thing. And before you know it, all the doors become open to you unexpectedly. And as you say, sometimes they're not the door that you were dreaming to push open. Another one will open and those doors that get open they're always much bigger than the ones that we actually saw for ourselves in the first place so um as you move now on into your new career um how do you see the next 10 years uh moving into um you know your career within your corporate uh, industry here um so i am i would say at a point of transition mm -hmm. um so as i was saying before I never thought I'd get this far, mm -hmm. and now I'm here, so I didn't really plan mm -hmm. to get this far. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm here, I'm thinking, well, actually, mm -hmm. I could probably go the next step above. And mm -hmm. um, so I think that my main focus is to be 
I think what's most important is really being clear about what my worth is mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not being afraid to share that with my mm-hmm. whoever it is that I'm working for. Mm-hmm. Being really clear about what's important to me. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. may not be about mm-hmm. a specific job. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be, but it's about what makes me happy and how mm-hmm. I think I get the best out of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking it as far as I can take it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just naturally not a settler. Mm-hmm. So I won't just sit and and settle and settle. That's mm-hmm. just not my makeup. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I've just got to keep... And something that I'm really keen on and something that I've been focusing on recently is about mm-hmm. building my skills. Mm-hmm. So it's less about focusing on a specific job. Okay. But having an idea about what I like to do. Right. And then building skills to lead me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Now, as you're doing that, mm-hmm. it may lead you into different jobs. Different, yes. That, and different career paths that you weren't planning. That you didn't plan. But I'm really a strong believer yes. of having a really solid toolbox. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a solid toolbox with many different tools. You can take out one whenever you're ready. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. all about that. Yeah. So I would say that if you're out there and you're, you know, you're not quite sure what you want to mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. think about the things that are important to you mm-hmm. think about what gets you up in the morning what is it that motivates you mm-hmm. and then think about the kinds of jobs so it doesn't have to be a specific job no. but the kind of jobs that would lend them itself to those kinds of activities right. and skills right. and then start to look around look on job searches and see what people are asking for mm-hmm. of people that do those kinds of mm-hmm. jobs mm-hmm. and then do whatever you can mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. build your skills mm-hmm. to put you in readiness mm-hmm. to get on in that career because Absolutely. you know you can mm-hmm. do that at any point in your life you, mm-hmm. you can be younger you can be older mm-hmm. it's never too late to start mm-hmm. but it's being focused yes. and knowing what you're going what after it is. yeah what i found that was very useful to me um in uh when i was in my 50s and i a lot of people kept saying to me you know you'd be a great uh, motivational speaker and i said oh, what the hell do i have to motivate and inspire people about you know and as um, different uh, incidents uh, was taking place around in my life and what i found that was very helpful to me um when i decided yeah i want to do a lot of community work i wanted to engage with the community and i want community engagement programs and this is how i felt that you know mm. uh, would be able to support communities and uh, when i met with a lot of different challenges and obstacles within that uh, arena I found that uh, stepping back and I went out and I volunteered while I was still working. Mm -hmm. I made sure once a week I gave up my time to volunteer in a sector that was very passionate and dear to my heart in learning what was happening in the community, how um, other um, community engagement program was helping uh, the community. And I remember going to work for Hackney that um, drugs and alcohol program and within those drugs and alcohol program I learned a lot about uh, those community engagement I used I learned the buzzwords and what happened as well they they pay for some very expensive training mm. so it becomes a trade-off so I was trading off my time and, and and my service yeah and they were paying me back in a career uh, skills, uh, skills um, 
given me some very expensive training that I wasn't I wouldn't have been able to afford on my own and also um, collecting so much that at the end of it they kept saying to me Norma don't you want a job you can you can get a job now da, 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 da. and I was like no you know that that wasn't my intention mm. and my intentions really is to how do I find out everything about the diverse community that I want to help mm-hmm. to inspire Mm-hmm. and to motivate but that's the other thing as well Norm it's about network mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know you by you going and volunteering and meeting those people and then, going, yes. and then people going to you oh well Norm why don't you come and get a job here Yeah. and if you're not going to get a job exactly. here then I know someone who you should exactly. talk to because they'll be able to help you Exactly. having a really strong Absolutely. and purposeful network yes, is important it's really important Yes. and so you know I would advise a lot of people if you're out there um, especially in this uh, very challenging time where lots of people are losing their jobs and they have to go and they may have to be retrained because um you know the jobs is closed down and they um a lot of people are going to be fighting after one particular job um is to go out and to do some volunteer uh in maybe something that you have some interest in and that's one of the things that i know that i did um even though i didn't use it to work but I've used it even right now as I do my podcast, as I uh, do teaching, as I go out and I'm looking to become that inspiration to others. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that was uh, the best thing um, that I could ever do. Um, when uh, we were getting ready um, to do the <clears throat> podcast, you asked me a question and you said to me, how long is the podcast going to be? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, um, we can talk for an hour. Um, and you was like, an hour? And could you believe it, Marie? We've almost spoken for an oh, hour. Wow. So we have. <laughs> That's gone really quick. And it's gone really quick. And I know that we could talk a little bit more, uh, but we're going to um, slowly uh, wrap this up. And um, that's what happens when you sit down two friends and having a conversation and the conversation is inspiring. And I know my listeners will find it very inspiring, whether they're young, they're old, um, they will actually find it very I inspiring. Hope so. I really do. Absolutely. And, you know, um, there's a lot of people out there who are in very challenging situation right now and they might also feel as if, you know what, I just need to give up. And with such negativity that we're having right now um, in our in our world, um, it really is a lot out there and some people are really uh, sort of down in the dumps um, with life at the moment. But, uh, you know, when they listen to something uh, inspiring, it will encourage them to go out and, you know, um, put on their armour and start um, fighting the fight. So thank you so much for actually coming in and sharing this moment with me. And um, I'm glad you were able to make it. <laughs> it, it no, it's a pleasure. And I hope it does. I hope it does help others. It will help. It will help. So, my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to uh, the podcast with my special guest, Marie. So, until next time, uh, grow into your greatness. And Marie and I are going to sit here and dance in our chairs <laughs> <laughs> as we play um this uh the music that i normally hand my uh, podcast wins in so um grow into your greatness and thank you for listening